I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. We're not here to ruin anybody's day, but we've got to share the truth. Young Timmy fell off of cliffs. He fell into rivers. He even fell into quicksand and mine shafts. But he absolutely never fell into a well. No matter how many times people in the world tell you that he did, he didn't. And the guy who's telling us that is the one who should know better than anyone. It's Timmy himself. Actually, it's actor John Provost, who played a dog's best friend on Lassie from 1957 to 1964. Lassie is actually a pretty incredible success story. That collie was the star of books, radio, and film before making the leap to television. The show aired for 19 seasons from 1954 to 1973 and produced a total of 591 episodes. John appeared in 249 of them, but became the person most closely associated with the show. What follows is our conversation with John about all things Lassie. I guess the obvious place I have to start, what choice do I have? Uh, the fact that people still talk about this show and your connection to it, is it amaze you all these years later that we're in 2019 and it's still going on or are you just so used to it? It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, you know, it's, it's a mind blower to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, the show is on in over 50 countries. Uh, it's on about a half a dozen or more, you know, cable um, networks here in the States. And it's black and white. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we, I mean, we, we didn't have a clue, of course, you know, in, in the mid, late 50s when I started Lassie in 57, um, you know, TV was in its infancy and we didn't have a clue. People would be watching this and even 10 years down the road. So, you know, 50 plus, it's pretty amazing. It really is. And it's, but what is the appeal? I mean, I know people love dogs. <laughs> Let's face it. People love dogs. Mm-hmm. But besides the fact that people love dogs, why is it you're saying it's, it's still playing, what, did you say 50 countries still? Well, you know, it's, I mean, okay. We were just watching a show uh, the other morning um, on Cozy. Okay. And uh, it, we're just watching the dialogue, the meaning that the shows relayed. Um, the values, the morals. I mean, you know, Timmy wasn't the smartest kid, and I, you know, wouldn't be here without the dog. I'm sure I never would have made it. <laughs> That's right. You would be dead. <laughs> yeah, but but he always learned something. He right. never talked back to his parents. Um, there was always a moral, and I think that's why it is still kept. It's intrigue, or it's it's the the love for it. I mean, it's any of the shows. I think back from that era, you know, they all weren't just for entertainment and mindless entertainment is what we have today. Um, There was something deeper than that. And the producers, the directors, the writers cared with what they were giving to the public. They made their money, but they cared what they were giving the public. They were worried about quality, basically. There you go. Yeah, it worked. And that's why people are, okay, are people going to be watching, you know, Big Big Brother in 50 years in reruns? I, I doubt not. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but, but here's the other thing, though. There's, there's another side that I understand what you're saying about the value of the show and what it presented. That makes total sense to me. But what confuses me a little bit is the fact that if you look around us in the world we're in today, it is such a 
cynical world in a lot of ways. People are, you know, into their social media and everything. It almost feels like Lassie and those shows from that era should be out of so out of step with today's audience that people shouldn't bother with it, if you know what I mean. I mean, I think they're great because I'm also 59 years old, so I get it. Exactly, exactly. And that's what blows me away when I'm at a a convention, a Comic-Con, you know, something like that, you know, signing autographs, meeting the people. When people my age come up and thank me, you know, for, for the show and how they grew up, they learned something from it. But their children who are young adults or their grandchildren come up and say, oh, wow, I loved you're really him. You're like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> that must have been so much fun. You know, so it's, it's just it. It, uh, it, it, you know, it just goes over all the different generations. I don't know. It's, I don't know if you could reproduce that today. Um, Probably not. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it is an antidote to the cynicism I'm talking about. And maybe that's why people do find it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also mentioned, you know, the dog thing. Um, oh, yeah. You know, pe- people now, nowadays, the amount of money that people are spending on their, their pets, their dogs and their cats yeah. is amazing. And I, uh, every year there's the, the, the National uh, Collie Club Convention, and, and every year they have it in a different state. And people come from all over the world, just collies. The last one I went to, there were four, over 400 dogs. They were all collies. Wow. I mean, you know, yeah, it's amazing. But um, people come up to me when I'm in a venue like that, and they will say, you know, I want to thank you because you're the reason I've been raising um, collies for 45 years. So, you know, it transcends, you know, all barriers. It really does. And that love for the dogs. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. And what's so funny is I look at collies and I want you to know, and I don't know if I should be embarrassed to say this or not. I don't think I've once looked at a collie and said, oh, it's a collie. I think I always look and say, it's a lassie dog. (laughs) There you go. 100% Ed. I mean, you know, I think that there are countries where they don't even know they see a a collie and and they say, oh, look, it's a lassie. I mean, for sure that happens. Absolutely. Now you mentioned the other day that the other day you were watching an episode of of the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. What, what is it like for you? from your age today to go sort of look back at those quote unquote home movies when, when you were a kid. It's amazing. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the best library anybody could have because my library goes back to when I was 1953, three years old. I have home movies. I mean, obviously they're not home movies, right? but you know, I just watched a clip the other day from uh, so big, you know, my first movie and my second movie, Country Girl with Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly. You know, I'm barely four years old. And, um, I mean, come on. Who has stuff like that? Oh, yeah. You know, if we were lucky, our parents took silent eight millimeters. Right. You know, and then if you can find those in the drawer somewhere, they're probably no good. Yeah. So, you know, it's amazing. Um, The one thing, you know, we did, I did... Oh, how exactly it's 249 half hour episodes wow. and i you know i i probably only remember you know a third of those at the most because on any, any given day we could be filming from three different scripts 
I, as a child, I never read a script straight through. I only read what I had to do the next day. So, you know, I didn't really know what was going on half the time. Um, I just showed up, did what I had to do, had fun, you know, most of the time and, you know, went home. But, uh, you know, there's, it's just, uh, I, I don't remember a lot of that stuff. So now I can watch it, you know, and, and then it brings back all those great memories. We were watching this episode the other day and I truthfully, I didn't remember a thing, but it, I should have because it was an episode where um, me and my, my um, little, the boyfriend, we uh, were protecting a penguin and we had a penguin and I was holding a penguin. Right. Now, come on. How do you not you remember that? Seven year, <laughs> I, that's what I, I mean, get, you know, and. Oh, my God. I mean, we worked with, you know, alligators and ostriches and elephants. You name it. We did it. And a lot of those I remember. But you think I would remember a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with you, John? Why are you not remembering the penguin? Yeah. Tell him, well, you know, maybe it's because that same day I worked with a penguin, a chimpanzee, and a rattlesnake. Probably. Because they shot three. Yeah. And that's what they would do to save money, right? They would they would basically shoot like, okay, we're going to be in this scene in episodes two, three, and four. Let's shoot all you know, Correct. In, this, in this set, rather. Let's shoot everything. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'd go on location, mm -hmm. drive out to the valley, the whole crew, everybody. Well, we, we're shooting a scene that's going to be four minutes on screen. Well, we've got, we're out there. You know, we're going to shoot for, from other, you know, scripts. And right. so, yeah, that's how it went down. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're, you know, you had many co-stars, but particularly you had a dog named Lassie. Uh, <laughs> what was that like? What is it like working with a dog? Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah. It was great. Um, well, for one thing, I've always been raised around animals. When I was a child, even before, before we got on Lassie, we lived um, somewhat rural in uh, Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles. And we had, uh, I had a pony, my sister had a horse, we had a goat, you know, and dogs and cats. And so I was raised around animals. That was fine. But no, I loved Lassie. I worked, I was on the show for seven years. I worked with three different dogs. The last dog I worked with for five years. So obviously, he and I bonded. We loved each. I loved that dog. He loved me. But the funny thing was, um, I could tell him. To, I would ask him to do something, and you know, shake hands, lay down, whatever. And he would look at me and go, "You know, you're my friend, but you're not my trainer." He wouldn't do anything that I told him. He would only respond, you know, to his trainer and the assistants. You know, but it had to be that way. But I used to go home. Um, Friday after work, I would jump in the station wagon with um, Lassie and Lassie's uh, stand-in and Red Weatherwax, drive out to his ranch out in the San Fernando Valley, spend the weekend, and then come back to work Monday morning. Uh, you know, for me, it was to get away from the city and have fun. And also, it was a great, uh, great way for me and the dog to bond, you know, for, to be together. So, But I loved it. I just I loved the dogs. They were great. So you bonded with the dog, but the dog still wouldn't listen to you, right? <laughs> no, no. We were buddies. You know, we were friends. We slept together. I mean, we did everything together. But, um, no, he wouldn't do anything, you know, I told him to um, because that's the way he was trained, only to, to respond to his trainers. And, you know, it had to be that way so he wouldn't get distracted by sure. other people or, you know, whatever. And what was the physical, like the, not the physical production, but the actual shooting with the dog and having the dog having to do all these amazing things that, you know, no dog I know could ever do. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, the Red Weather Wax um, was incredible the way he trained his animals. Um, I learned a lot from him. 
Um, the dog made less mistakes than June Lockhart made, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, you know, the actors made more mistakes than the dog did. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, all I can say is it was just great. It was great. And, you know, working with June and Hugh and um, Cloris Leachman, of course, you know, Cloris Leachman and John Shepard, who were my first parents for a very short period of time, um, don't really remember that that much. Um, did stay in touch with um, John Shepard for many, many years. Uh, who passed away just a couple of years ago. And then, of course, Cloris is still with us, and so is June. June's going to be um, 94 at wow. uh, the end of this month. Yeah. Um, she's doing great. I spoke with her a few weeks back, and uh, we've kept in touch uh, since day one. Uh, you know, we've, we've never uh, lost touch. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was great. We were like a big family. Why did you decide to leave? Were you just tired of it? Did you want to just live a normal life? I mean, why did you decide to leave? I turned 14. I started when I was seven. I was going through puberty. Um, Everybody, including the girls, thought of me as little Timmy. Well, I'm not little Timmy anymore. So (laughs) I wanted out. And uh, my contract was up, but the producers wanted to extend it for three more years. And my parents were, were great. They said, what do you want to do? And, you know, three more years or get out of it. And I said, I'm out. I said, I want to continue to work, um, which I did. I totally enjoyed that part of it. But, you know, I wanted to move on. And tired of being Timmy. That was it. I yeah. was tired of dogs and I was looking at the girls. Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I was and moving on. Did you ever have regrets, though? I mean, because I know that a lot of people who leave successful shows – and they say, well, I want to do different things now. But then they have a hard time doing different things because of the thing that made them famous. Did you have right. that problem? Or? You know, I, I, it's really amazing because everybody thought, oh, he's going to be typecast. Yeah. Everybody's going to think, well, that didn't happen. Um, the first thing I did after last year was uh, some Mr. Ed. Um, then oh, good. You my went to a horse instead of a dog. You, hey, well, Ed, <laughs> I left the smartest dog and I went to the smartest horse. There you go. Um, but I, he did not speak. I'm sorry oh, to blow everybody's, uh, you know, what you perception, saying? but he didn't, uh, he really didn't talk. Okay. But, you know, Mr. Ed, then I did, uh, this property is condemned. The Tennessee Williams movie, movie with Robert Redford, Natalie Wood, Charlie Bronson, um, Mary Batham. Then I did a uh, movie with, um, uh, well, it was with Gary Merrill. Uh, it was his last movie. It was the mo- nobody's ever seen this movie. It was called The Secret of the Sacred Forest. We spent a couple months in the Philippines filming it in '67. Um, Had a great time. Uh, loved it, but the movie was horrible. So, but everybody does one of those. And then the last movie I did was with Kurt Russell for Disney called The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. And I had just turned 18 after when we were filming the movie, and I said, you know, I've been working for 15 years. I think I'm going to take a break. So that's when I really made my big move from Hollywood. I left L.A. I moved to Northern California to go to college. And, you know, you, you asked about, you know, the right decisions. Um, what I didn't know was that the computer wore tennis shoes was – actually going to be three movies, not just the one. And my character would have been in all three of those movies. And I didn't know that until after I I left. 
and told my agent I didn't want to work anymore. Right. So I, you know, I should have maybe hung out for another year and gotten um, those two more uh, Disney movies with Kurt under my belt. But whatever, you know, you have to do what you have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I, and I'm fine with it. And then, you know, we did the new Lassie series um, in 89, 90, uh, Universal for Fox. That was a ball. I totally enjoyed it. Got to work with June Lockhart again and Roddy McDowell and uh, Bob Weatherwax, the son of uh, Rudd with, right. uh, his, you know, his Lassie. So, and, and now, you know, I have an agent. I've, you know, I've done some voiceovers, a couple independent uh, little parts. So, it, you know, it just goes on. June told me this many, many years ago when I was young. She said, John, you know, if you're in this business, you do it. She said, when you get older, you just play older parts. There so, you go. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. it, it, the, the door's open. Yeah. The door's open. And that's great, you know, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, now, you said you did the new Lassie. How strange, though, was it coming back? I know you weren't playing Timmy, but coming back into that world and interacting with the new Lassie and, and, and yeah. having June there. I mean, what was that like? Well, the actual production, okay, I'm going to look at it from, from a working mode. Okay. And the actual production was the same. When we filmed Lassie, it took three and a half days of filming for a half hour. That was the same. Um, the hurry up and wait. They get there at 7.30 in makeup, in costume, don't work till 4 in the afternoon. Ugh. That's the same. Right. But what was different was the equipment, the lighting, the cameras, you know, that, totally, totally different. Um, but everything else was, was the same, and working with the people was the same. People have always asked me, you know, when I was growing up working – you know, who did you idolize? Who was your favorite star? And, you know, it's crazy, Ed, because I, I knew people, but I didn't idolize them because when I would go to work, I would sit in the makeup chair right next to those big stars. Right. And they looked just like me. And we went through the same process to be ready to go to work. Then when we went to work, we did what we did. And so, you know, sure, I, you know, I liked people, you know, but it wasn't like, um, you know, like I, like I would, you know, go on to see this one. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they were, they were like me. It's like we were all part of the same school, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's good because it doesn't make you feel apart from them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you oh, know, no, I, I was with, never intimidated yeah. by anybody, right. you know. I would, they, somebody might walk in, like we might have a guest star on the show and then everybody's going, oh, wow, so-and-so is here. And I go, yeah, hey, how are you? My name's John, you know, and they'd go, hey, how are you? Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it was very, very easy, very easy. Now, I know you wrote your biography and it's something about Timmy fell in the well, right? Or something like that? It's, yeah, it's the, the John Provost story, Timmy's in the well, which as you and I both know, I never did fall in the well. I know. <laughs> and, you know, we have not a clue where that catchphrase came from, but everybody uses it. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. Carson used it all the time. You know, Leno, um, you know, Colbert, they, they say it, they go, you know, somewhere in a monologue, it comes up. We don't have a clue, never happened, but that was, that's the title of my autobiography because in life we all fall in wells and, you know, we got to either get pulled out or we don't get pulled out. So, uh, we just thought it was appropriate and yeah, it was, uh, 
great, a lot of fun. I learned more about myself than I knew. Really? Um, it, yeah, well, you know, you forget, like you said, and it, it does, it starts from day one um, and then up through, uh, you know, a few years ago when, when the book came out. So it's not just Lassie. What it's really about is a family, a normal American family. My parents weren't Hollywood people. My father was from Mobile, Alabama. My mom was from Wolf City, Texas, and they met in Hollywood and got married in the 40s, were not in show business, and I had an older brother and an older sister, and then all of a sudden, there's this big celebrity in the family and how it affected the family and, and you know, the Lassie and before and after. Yeah, so it's, it's a good read. What's great about it, though, is you get to use Lassie. Like you said, it's not really about Lassie, but Lassie is the perfect entry point for the reader. And then they get to oh, see sure, this whole because, other side of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because, you know, obviously that's what everybody remembers and knows. And, yeah. and it's crazy. It happens all the time. I'll be in the, the supermarket or someplace and somebody will go, excuse me, you look like that kid that, that you know, well. I go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it still happens. It blows me away, but yeah. it happens. Absolutely. And it's always good because nobody ever came up and said they hated Lassie. Well, that's always nice <laughs> when you don't have yeah, people yeah. hating you. So well, I could have done, you know, another series that, that was more political, you might say. And, and well, that was another thing, too, about Lassie. Lassie was never political. The only things that we did do, we were the first to um, touch on animal rights. We were the first to touch on pollution. Um you know, so we touched on things, but it was we never got really political. We weren't like you know an all in the family. No. Oh no, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> love that show though. I must. Say. Oh, so do I. I love lots of shows. <laughs> Doesn't mean one show is like the other though. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you know. So what are you doing these days? I mean, I, I mean, obviously you're not running around with a dog these days, or, or at least not Lassie. What what what's what's up with you? Well, we I do um, like I said earlier. You know the. Uh, the autograph uh, shows, or what they're called now, is the Comic Cons. Yeah. You know, uh, for you know, a lot of celebrities are, um, you know, go out and, and meet their their friends, their fans, and that is a ball. And like, I've been doing um, some, you know, independent work, and I have an agent, and I have a four and a half year old granddaughter that uh, awesome. is totally amazing, and a new uh, grand uh, grand child on the way and so that keeps us super busy and and i'm always been involved um in animal rights uh so i'm involved with a lot of uh fundraisers for no kill shelter shelters around the country um uh war dog association uh for the dogs that uh you know go to war and you know protect our men and women out there right. and so you know i'm just just i'm not sitting around that's good. Yeah. That sitting around is good. And interacting with the fans has got, you know, going to those shows and stuff. And I know a lot of actors do that. It's like, okay, I'm not, like, I, I interviewed uh, for a Star Trek book I'd written. Some of the actors told me, it's like, hey, look, when things are slow, we've got these autograph shows. We've got the conventions. We've got these things to go to and attend and all that. But mm -hmm. besides the, you know, the whatever money can be made and that sort of thing, it's got to be very cool, though, all these years later that people just want to shake your hand and take a picture. You know, that's the big thing. It's like I see people at these shows that they don't look like they're, you know, I mean, I'm talking about a celebrity, yeah. that they don't look like they're having fun or they don't look like they want to be there. 
that's not why I, I go there because I want to be there. You know, um, the other side is, you know, another story, but no, it's to meet the people, um, because it gives them a lot of pleasure and it gives me pleasure. So, you know, that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, I, I, I do not understand people that go, uh, you know, to these things and you know, they don't want to be there. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I just, and they, they don't treat the, their fans nice. You know, that's, I don't quite understand that end of it, but, um, no, I, I do it because I enjoy it. That's good because I'm sure on the other side of it, there's bitterness and that sort of thing. It's like, ah, I got to go to these damn conventions and do these big, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> the people who are doing this, nobody's putting a gun to your head. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and it's, I, I'm not, for, I think with a lot of these big ones, with a lot of the new sci-fi sh- series and shows and, and what have you, that a lot of now of the, the studios are requiring their um, people to go. And maybe that's it. Maybe they don't, you know, they don't really want to go. Yeah. Or, you know, when, when we were doing our stuff, I mean, we went to parades. Right. <laughs> Nobody had anything like this. You know, it was, it, this is, you know, started 20 years ago. But um, I public think it's, you know, that a lot right? of the, Oh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, you would be in the, the Hollywood. Lassie and I did a couple Rose Bowl parades. I mean, you know, almost every weekend I was doing something to promote the show. But, uh, you know, not like not like the autograph shows. I remember I interviewed uh, Jonathan Frid, who was on the TV show Dark Shadows in the 60s. Oh, sure, uh, sure. Right? And he told me, he goes, yeah, he goes, I made money on the show. He goes, but let me tell you something. I do those personal appearances on the weekend. That's where I made my money. <laughs> you know, and it's funny you mentioned that because he was very, I, I, I remember him from many, many shows and he had a huge quote cult following Yeah, and you know, but that's the point. I mean, that's it. The people want to meet you. And, you know, he was, you know, had fun with his, with his people and they had fun with him. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look back at all this, John, I mean, the whole, your whole life, basically life, personal career, the whole thing, what, what are your feelings? Um, I think it was special. Um, I think in a way, well, to, to really sum it, I'm a, I'm a super believer in being at the right place at the right time because the only reason I got into the business was not because my mom or my dad wanted me to be in the business. My mother, who I said, you know, had, was not in show business and grew up in a little farm in Texas, her idol growing up was Jane Wyman. Well, she was a seamstress when she came to L.A., and that's how she made her living. And when my parents got married, she read an ad in the L.A. Times that Warner Brothers was looking for a two- to three-year-old blonde boy to be in this movie starring Jane Wyman. 1953, or late 52. Mom thought if she took me on this audition, she was going to meet Jane Wyman and get her autograph. That was the only reason she took me. Wow. There were over 200 little boys and little girls whose moms had cut their hair to look like little boys. I got the job. I mean, how, how, you know, crazy is that? You know, so, you know, it was special. Something happened. Something was supposed to happen. And yeah, it was hard. There's been a lot of, you know, difficulties 
because of um, the celebrity and the notoriety. But all in all, it's great. Um, I would do it again. I may do certain things. I would have, you know, maybe do certain things differently. I'm sure I would. But uh, all in all, you know, I have no regrets. What's that, girl? You want people to subscribe to the podcast? You think they should tell all their friends? They should give us a five-star review? Well, listen, folks, we can't argue with Lassie. You heard what she had to say. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time.